With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's good, people? Welcome to another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. I am your host, Tony FOK. You will know this by now. What's good? Welcome to another episode. Join with me today in our little end-of-season review for the Undiluted Football Show. We have someone who's been on before, Ozzy from the Football Talk podcast. Ozzy, how are you, bro? I'm good, Tony. How you doing? I'm not too bad, man. Euros, Euros are a couple of days away. Getting excited yeah. for the Euros with fever. Come on, England, and all of that. <laughs> but, um, also with me today, I've got Jay from the Shooter Shoot podcast, bro. How are you, man? I'm all good, man. I was even thinking, like, I just saw, I was, I was like, my display name doesn't have my, my podcast on there. Don't worry, just... I, got, I got you, bro. Don't worry, I, I got you, <laughs> Man's done his research. Yeah, man, I, it's good to be here. Good to support the, the platform. And yeah, man, ready to chop it up about this uh, this beautiful game that I've, I've fallen out of love with. So, yeah, man. <laughs> I hope you know you're definitely an Arsenal fan if you're falling out of love with a game like that. I'm a, I'm a long-suffering Arsenal fan. <laughs> long-suffering. Well, so, you know Let's 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 go on to the end of the season. So a couple of weeks ago, we saw both the Europa League finals and the Champions League final. Um, I want to kind of avoid the Europa League final chat, but I feel like we're gonna to have to talk about it. For those that don't know, United lost. What was it like eleven ten on penalties or something stupid? Yeah, it was, it was absolutely it was ridiculous. Um, but we lost to Villarreal. All I can say is, ah, right, cool, we lost in it. Do you know what I mean? Like we lost. <laughs> I know we should have beaten Villarreal. For Man United, we should have beaten them in 90 minutes. But um, we lost by... Because everyone was overreacting. They were saying, oh, he's never going to win a title. We lost by our keeper missing the penalty, right? Like, let's, let's call it for what it is. I'm not saying... We should have won the game. We didn't. And we lost by our keeper missing the penalty. It does suck to not win a final because I just wanted Oli to win a final just so that that narrative of he can't win anything United goes. But still there. I'm not sure. Did you guys, maybe I'm being a bit of a biased Man United fan, looking from the outside in, did you guys feel like it's it's a bit different? Do you still feel like Oli can't win anything at United? Quick question, Tony. I need to, I need to know because the, the way that you're, the way you're, the way you're portraying this narrative already, you're already throwing up a web of, of uh, <laughs> Oli. I need to know. I need to know. Are you, yeah. are you, uh, 
Are you comfortable with Oli at the wheel? Let me just let me just put it like that. Yeah, I am. I am. Wow. Only because the only person right now that could come in and if Oli leaves right now, the only person I would want is Zidane. If not, I don't want any other manager in the club. Oh, no, I'm I'm confused. I'm perplexed by that answer. I'm sorry. So so, so number one, you're an Oli in guy. What what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're, um, I don't know if we're sidetracking here. Obviously, this is my first time, but I gotta ask questions. What is it about Oli that gives you confidence to be Oli in? Because me uh, watching, I don't, I don't see it. I get it. We're United. We're United. We're uh, we were a bad team, especially before Oli came in, right? And what Oli has done, he's done a lot of the off the field stuff. Like a lot of off the field stuff has happened at United since Oli's been. And one thing. I've one thing I've said, and one thing that players I've spoken to that have spoken to United players have said is that the players buy into Oli's process. Now, Rome wasn't built in a day. Jay, I can tell by your top, you watch basketball, you know how basketball rebuilds work. Basketball rebuilds take, they, they don't take one year. Look at the Nets. We've been rebuilding for how long? I and mean, we've only reaping our, reaping our rewards this year. Do you know what I mean? So, rebuilds, Rome wasn't built in a day. And with Oli, I know he has his criticisms. I know with Oli, he's always two steps forward, one step back. But I've seen for the first time since we've won the title, or for the first time since Fergie, we've actually finished in the top four twice. Like, that's nothing to celebrate, but we've been that bad that we finished, we haven't even finished in the top four, like, back to back. I know we haven't missed a trophy, but we've gone pretty deep in competitions. We get we got knocked out in what four semi-finals. I know it's not great, but I'm saying it's a process. We and we've already listen, we lost this final and I get and there's so many things that like I feel like some United fans can see it that off the field stuff. Like listen, we signed this uh Justin Crochet today. Like, little stuff like that was never gonna happen under another manager, in my opinion. And if someone if United want to get back to the United we once knew. We need someone who knew that United. Do you get me? So, I, I'm i not saying Oli, like, I'm not... Listen, next season is his, is his last season because this is going to be his third full season, right? Where I feel like, okay, if he doesn't deliver, then I'm going to have to start questioning him. But I've seen enough. Like, United have gone unbeaten for a whole year and a bit in the Premier League, away from home. Like, that's... If that was any other manager, we'd be praising him, bro. Imagine if that was Guardiola. We wouldn't hear the end of it. It's kind of getting swept under the radar because it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. We need to work on our home form, and I feel like we are a couple players away from contending. We were first, yeah, at, with January, before Pogba got injured. We were first. Now, I'm not saying we were going to win the title if Pogba didn't get injured, but for the first time, we saw like, hmm, you know what? We're nearly there. And it's taken a while. And I said, Rome wasn't built in a day, man. I'm, I, I trust him. I'm giving him one more season because it was unfortunate to not win that, that final. And we should have won. But that's another story for another day. You, you, we, we lost 11 tens on pens, man. Like, what can you do? What can you Ozzie, do? Man? Ozzie, I'm going to leave it to you because this guy's just easy <laughs> in a, a web of propaganda. <laughs> I'm just saying that's from a United perspective. <laughs> if I want one person to bring United back to the way it was, and with Oli, the players buy into him. The players buy into him. And that's what you want. You want someone that will run for a brick wall for you. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, like you can question his tactics or whatever, or Oli Ball, or from the outside looking in. But from from a United fan watching United fan ninety minutes constantly, you can't tell me United have not got better over the past couple of years. You can't tell me that this United side right now 
was worse than is not better than Mourinho's, the Van Hals, or anything post Fergie. I don't see it like that if I'm honest with you. Um, really? I think, I think he is the weak link in that in at Manchester United. I think tactically he's not up there. Um, you say players will run through a brick wall for him. I don't see that personally. Um, I think there's young players that are playing to their strengths, so they're given a chance to play. But I feel like with Ole, he just needs money to get the Sancho, get big signings. But a true yeah, coach, Everyone needs money. Look at everyone Guardiola. does. Everyone does. But I don't feel like you need to get elite stars to have a good team. You need to buy the right players for the right team. You need to have a right balance. I don't feel like Man United recruit the right players at the right time. So Cavani ended up being a good signing. I thought that was a bit of a, a signing that should have happened maybe a few years ago. So he ended up doing well. But that's because up front, I feel like United are so weak that coming from Igalu to Cavani was, you know, it was a, it was a massive upgrade regardless. Do you get it? So, yeah, but Igalu never, you can't say that because Igalu never starts. <laughs> but I know, but he played well. I, like this, this is part mm. of what I think Ozzy's saying as well. Tactically, it doesn't make sense. Like Igalu was giving you a presence up front. When Mar when Martial was going through his, his, a bit of a rough patch as well, that's another thing. Why is he not getting a, a tune out of Martial? Um, you know, uh, let's not do that because Marshall had one bad season, and before that, he had his best season ever at United. So I don't want to hear that. Under <laughs> Oli, Rashford's had his best season numbers-wise under Oli. Martial's no, had his. Oh look, 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 are we really gonna do that? Are we really gonna do the numbers game? No, no, are of course we, not. But you don't get stats for no reason. No, no, stats, stats are important, but are we really gonna do the numbers? Are we gonna use our eyes? Because we all know that the part of the reason why. Ollie's or United have done as well as they've done this year. It's because of that penalty merchant, that yes. spammer, that that pass spammer, that that <laughs> just, uh, bruv, this guy, yeah, like honestly, he needs, you know what he needs? I feel like he needs a dad just to give, give, him, give him a couple slaps. This guy plays with reckless abandonment. He doesn't care. He just gets the ball and just thinks, I'm going to blast it. I'm going to blast it. I'm going to spam it. And that, you know who I'm talking about. That yeah. guy, Fernandez. I'm sorry, I wouldn't want him on my team, honestly. So, I would, I would, I would. But if, if he's going to be in my team, and this is where Oli comes in again, he needs to be more disciplined. You can't be losing the ball 30 times in a half. Oh, bro, I totally agree with you. I think he's a bummy footballer. But at the same time... Spammy. No, yeah, but listen, he's not... I know I'm going to have to use the numbers, bro, but... Because I agree with you. As a United fan, I agree with you. Watching Bruno Fernandes for 90 minutes is very frustrating. I will happily agree with you. I don't know how this guy can... This guy can have 58% basketball but still get two goals and assists. Do you know what I mean? I don't know how he does it. I don't know how he does it. I, there's no explanation, but the numbers don't lie, bro. The numbers don't lie with Bruno Fernandes. The streets are telling me... That United the streets are telling me that United are a moments team. They, they play... Subpar football for ninety for I don't know eighty nine minutes and then there's like thirty seconds of, of magic, of individual brilliance, and and that's how you win in your games. If, if I'm being honest, I, I mean I've watched a few United games and yeah, like, United don't dominate games. We don't. Yeah, like but football's based on moments. Not everyone, not everyone's Man City that can dominate ninety minutes of football. I know. Arsenal don't dominate ninety. Uh, listen, Arsenal, Arsenal are in the mud. We don't even talk about Arsenal, bro. Arsenal are mid-table fodder. I mean, we're not Liverpool even... Liverpool can dominate minutes of football and still lose a game. Do you know what I mean? So, like, I, I get it. I, I I totally agree with you. Listen, I'm not going to try and defend United and say, like, we dominate games. We don't. We're a moment's team. 
that sometimes we have to go one. How many times have we gone one nil down this season and then decided, oh crap, we need to play football and then and then win three one or something or two one. But that's that shows resilience. Do you know what I mean? And you you if this was this is the thing. If that was any other manager, we would be giving the manager credit. But because it's Oli in this whole narrative, yeah, no, deep it, man. Cool, guys. Let's not cap. If Pep Guardiola <laughs> one nil down, yeah, for like how many? Because we we won ten games from losing positions. If Pep Guardiola done that, yeah, would we not say, "Ah, oh, what a genius! Look at the way he changed the game." This is blasphemy. How it's are you? Not, playing, so, so, you playing Pep so if, so if, the same sentence. No, no. But what I'm saying what if, resume does Pep does Oli have? What resume? Right. Show it's me his resume. Where's right. his CV? Hear me out. Hear me out. So the, what I said with the whole way the way United went down one nil, and then went back to win the game. If that was Pep Guardiola doing that, yeah, mm. we would all say, "What a genius." Am I wrong? Or we all say, nah, Pep's that's just moments, man. Pep's did we not say that. It's, it's, the say it's the manner though, isn't it? Because if, if Pep's coming back, it's gonna be a man city onslaught, it's gonna be good football. You're gonna see yeah. why they come back. Whereas United is kind of like they've just jammy jammed themselves into it like a nah, that, that, that's why I don't watch United that much. Like, I get oh, it. Oh, no, like, no, 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 because you're talking like one of the TL. I get it. Listen, there's aspects of that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm yeah. not gonna lie to you. There's aspects of that, but look at Tottenham. Prime example: Tottenham away. Right. You didn't tell me when once we won no down, we didn't deserve to win that game. We were a much better team. Fair, but is yeah. is that a regular well, occurrence? I wouldn't say yeah. so. Is that a regular occurrence? Is that Tottenham game uh, a regular occurrence? Or it was a regular occurrence this season when we went one 0 down. Aussie, talk to him. Talk to him. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Listen, you guys. I don't know. How, you guys are criticizing a team that was that was second. You got them United shades on right now, bro. You got the your blinded your allegiance to Oli, man. No, but I no listen. I don't have an allegiance to this guy because if if we sack him and Zidane comes in, I'm, I'm I won't bat an eyelid. But what you guys need to realize is that you guys need to give Oli some credit. Oh yeah, sure, 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 sure. So I feel like no, you're not giving him any credit whatsoever. No, no, I agree, he deserves some credit, and like you said, stabilizing the ship and morale and those kind of things, they're important. But that they're important for a. Uh, a bridge manager, a manager that's going to come in, settle the ship, and then give it to someone that's more qualified to do the job. So I, I am not. I'm going to give him credit. Yeah, he's done well, and like it or not, he, he's come second. But some people will argue that he's come second in a terrible league. Like apparently, this league has has been shocking. So you got to weigh up. I'm going to give him his credit. He's come second nonetheless. But then you've come second. How much money has he spent? So Chelsea uh, spent. How about the money? Is no, Chelsea? No, 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 no. I agree. I agree with you. I'm not saying he, look. He deserves credit, but at the same time, he's spent a considerable amount of money. It's not like he's he's come second and he's just using the tools that he's had. He, he's invested. Yeah, in everyone things. spends money. What's what's? Have they? Arsenal they spent a damn that's thing. You might have broke, fam. You might have broke. It's been a damn thing. But I uh, listen. I've sidetracked you from from the topic at hand. What were you say? What, what, where did we even? How did we even get here? We we're getting there for the Europa League final because at the end of the day, Oli right, right, right. trophy, right? Right. But, uh, you wanted, I feel like you wanted to quickly say something on Oli. Looking yeah, I'll quickly wrap it up. For me, I don't think he's the man for Manchester United. Like, consider how successful Manchester United were back in the day. For mm -hmm. me, he's not that level of manager. He doesn't have a winning mentality. I think that's a key thing. That it's all good and well being a former legend and having that kind of charisma about yourself as a person but when you're a winning team that used to win league in league titles every year 
he doesn't have that for me in, in his locker. So for me, I don't feel like he's the guy for the future. But then again, the question would be, who would replace him? So you saying Zidane, there's yeah. question marks about Zidane as well. Because people oh, yeah, are saying okay. that when, when he was at Real Madrid, he's been, you know, lucky to have so many world-class players in the team. If he came to United, it's still kind of a rebuilding job because he would have to bring players that would suit to his tactics. So there's no guarantee that that will work straight away as well, in mm. my opinion. So, But in regards to the Villarreal United game, I just think United were poor, like really yeah. bad. Villarreal did not even play that well. But I feel like you had like one or two shots on target throughout the whole 120 minutes. Mm. That's poor. Obviously, the penalty thing, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to banter you too much about that because it's a goalkeeper missing a penny. Obviously, not every goalkeeper can score goals like Alisson, isn't it? But, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that's an unlucky thing. That's football. That's part of the game. But I think the way the team was set up, I just don't feel like you guys were adventurous in terms of your tactics. Willer Real for me, have some decent players in the team, but they're not, they're not brilliant. I've seen them in like the quarterfinals and the semis. They did all right to scrape through. I feel like this was for you. This was a great opportunity for United to take it and get a trophy how, in the cabinet for me. How much more could how much more adventurous could United have been in that final? Because I Mc, thought we would have played Mc, a McFred. Oh, you didn't play McFred at all. Play make more than one sub. How about that? Well, well, when did you yeah, make who? What, okay, what sub? I, I, look, I, I'm not the manager, and I don't know. There, like, there but, go. Because, bro, but, just, if you look at the look at the starting eleven, the subs, there was none of none of them were going to make a difference. Who was on the bench? Who was on the bench? Van der Beek, I'm out. Oh, well, hold, hold on, hold on. You just whoa, 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 whoa. Van der Beek was on the bench. Donny I, Van der Beek. Yeah. So who are you, who are you going to bring him on for during, in that final? Uh, look, I, I need I need to start a starting lineup in front of me. But so was, the lineup was the Hayer in goal, right? Saka, uh, Lindelof, Baye, Shaw. It was yep. Pogba, McTominay in the midfield. Right. Uh, Ashford on the left, Greenwood on the right, Bruno Cavani. Run. So you're, telling, you're telling me you couldn't have come on for McTominay? Well, that's the thing. McTominay, look, dare I say it, McTominay was the best player for United that day. That's the only reason why. So Normally, you... I would have seen and then if you and then in a final, if you put a pivot of Van der Beek and Pogba, that's way too attacking. That's you like that's like beef attack. You, you only do that when you're one nil down and you and you're like, screw it, we need we need a goal. But Not when on it and it, and it's the finals in the balance. But you said to me that, um, and from what I what I gathered from the game, Villarreal posed literally no threat. No, so no, on, no. It's on that basis, if they're posing no threat whatsoever, then there's no harm in playing a, an attacking double pivot. No, of course not. But then if you if you don't play a DM or a certain, I wouldn't even call McDonald a DM, you don't play a DM or a certain midfielder that can run back, you'll end up like City in the Champions League final. Look at the way they didn't play a DM and look how that turned out for them. You don't want to make that mistake. Yeah, so sure. I get why he was cautious yeah. to not lose that game. And listen, I wanted subs, don't get it twisted. But I looked at the bench and I thought, who really is going to change this game? That's why I, if I thought we started, if we started McFred and played Pogba on the left, even though I didn't want to, but that would have given us the ability to like, you know what, let's bring on Greenwood if it's if it's 1-0, if it's 1-1, blah, 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 blah. But we decided to go adventurous and it didn't work out. Fact of the fact of the matter is, you man fumbled. You should. You sh there's no way in hell. Like there's no way in hell Villarreal should. Like look, for me, as soon as Arsenal lost, I was like, look, Man United have got this in the bag. It's over. It's done. We're yeah. just. This you man should have smoked these guys. It, it shouldn't even been. And just to jump on the final thing, Ozzy, what you said about um, Solskjaer, 
winning mentality, he doesn't have it. Because at the end of the day, people have said this before, he was happy to be a super sub at United. That tells you his mentality. Oh. He was, <laughs> he was, he was, <laughs> Andy Cole let's, let's be real, bro. He could have left, left and been the main man somewhere else, no? He had, he had that pedigree, did he not? So do you want to be a do you want to be a decent fish in a big pond winning trophies winning titles that is a winning mentality winning stuff because you're not going to be if let's say if you went to Aston Villa he's not going to be winning anything there is he he'll be winning listen, games trophies listen i don't know any champions or any winners like proper winners that are happy riding bench and coming on for a, a 20 30 minute cameo i don't know any so you don't know any winning you don't know any winning champions that are riding bench winning trophies no, no, no. I don't know any that are happy to do that for a prolonged period of time. But even you're winning. I can understand over, over a certain world. period, but after a while, surely you're going to be like, you know what? I back myself. I'm that guy. Let me let me move to a a competitor or someone that I believe that I could be the final piece to get them there. Like right. you, you've ridden bench. You're, you're pretty much you are known for being a super sub. That is his. That is his career. My line. No, that's true. No one yeah. likes that name. Even um, Willock, who's playing for Newcastle right now, he hated that title when someone called him a super sub during interviews. He's like, no, nah, don't call me super sub. I like to start games. You don't want to be a super sub. You don't want to be known for that. So I don't think what Jay's saying there. Into management. Yeah, if you're a super sub winning Champions Leagues and Premier Leagues, are you really going to get? Are you really going to get? Come on. You know what you're doing, man. That's <laughs> what you're doing. I know. Let, but anyway. Let's, let's wrap up this Europa League part. Let's go on to the Champions League. Um, I feel like we've got to touch light on Pep Guardiola because Chelsea somehow won the Champions League. And um, Pep decided to overthink once again in the Champions League. He decided to start Sterling where he wasn't starting Sterling um, in the games before. And he decided to not play a DM in a 4-3-3. Um, guys, I want to ask you, did you think, was it Chelsea's, Did were Chelsea the better team or did Pep overthink it? Like who? Where do you think it went wrong for City? I mean, look, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really watch it too tough because Champions League is something that's so foreign to me. Like I, I can't remember. I, I don't remember what the theme song looks that sounds like, man. Honestly, like I, I just don't know. So, but just, just speculatively speaking, it's very obvious. He he's done it once again. He's over funk, or is that even a word? Overthought mm. what he was doing, playing, not playing Fernandinho. Or Rodri in a in a Champions League fight makes absolutely zero sense. Like you said, the Sterling thing, not playing, not I mean, he's not been playing all this time. Then you just play him. Like, and then the disrespect to Kunaguero as well. It's, it's just like I think I think I think he's um I mean the streets are saying he's he's fraudiola out here. You know, that's what the streets are telling me. But um I, I just think that he is very obvious he overthinks things, like he's and 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 it's and it, you, it's evident in Arteta as well. It's evident they they overthink, they overstrategize. Sometimes right, just it's just whack. Don't 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 try to put him in the same sentence as. No no no. <laughs> Obviously he's, he's under his tutelage, isn't it? Like, he, he's trying to be like. Nah, he just he just can't bibs for him, man. You cannot be under Pep's tutelage and be that type of manager. Listen, he just he just bibs for him, man. Listen, we could we could. I, I agree with you. He's nowhere near Pep. He's Pep is so clear of him. It's not it's not even funny, but. You can tell that that's, he's trying to emulate Pep, and it's it, it's evident. Overcoaching, overdoing it, like it, it, it's it's just clear that he overthought things in in this game, and it looks like Tuchel has his number. I mean, what is that three? Is that three for three this season? Season. 
boy. And Chelsea, Chelsea like, players you know play. Huh? Do you know another manager who beat Pep Guardiola three times in a season? No. no. I don't have to say it. You guys know. You guys already know. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, just, tell, just tell us. Just tell us. Oh, you know. We know he's only good at social. We know he is. <laughs> but, no, it doesn't have a winning mentality. But, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> just right. saying. Okay, okay. Come on, we, um, luck. You know, luck. Every now and then. Oh, ah, so when Tuchel does it, and when Tuchel scores, it's great. But we only see, just give give the guys credit. I'm not trying to say tactical genius or anything, but just give the guys some credit. Football's a crazy game, you know. These kind of things can happen, you know. But it looks it looks <laughs> like Tuchel does have Pep's number currently, I, and I don't understand why, to be honest. Like, I mean, you guys, you guys, you guys watched it. I'm sure you guys watched the game fully, mm. so you guys can tell me more. Because for me, Champions League hurts me every time I turn it on. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I, I the tactics were just mad. I didn't expect him to play the formation he played. Like, throughout the whole season, he played a DM, and for this one, he I think he tried to be a bit more forward thinking and for more possession football where he's playing a bit more higher up. But against a Chelsea team that's so built on the defence where they play five across, like, it's always difficult to break down a team like that. And I don't feel like they use their channels that, that much. Like, you had Mahrez and Sterling, but they couldn't get around their fullbacks throughout that whole game. So, it's either you, you give credit to Chelsea. I think Chelsea did play well. I wouldn't discredit them in terms of their performance. I think they performed really well. But I just think Pep kind of just fumbled under pressure. I just think... You should have just gone with the normal formation and take it from there. And then as the game progresses, say with minute, if you feel like you need an extra attack up front or in the midfield, that's the time to play that kind of possession football, not in the first minute. Because I feel like first 45 minutes, you always take that time to soak it in. Try to, I know they've played each other, but you kind of figure out how to beat the team because it's a Champions League final. You play differently. Players play differently as well. The players you don't expect to perform end up having a blinder as well. So... It's just one of those one-off situations where whoever performs on the day will literally succeed. So I have to say, I think Pep literally fumbled on that one. I was so disappointed because I thought City would have at least at least scored a goal. They didn't even score a goal. Like it's just ridiculous the way they played. So you get a shot on target. No, no shot on target whatsoever. And then, like you said, Jay, not playing Aguero, that's that's a crime itself. Like that game had Aguero's name written on it. Like. Yeah. There's a famous quote that he said that oh, I want to win the Champions League before I leave. Like, give the guy the start. Let him play. Even if he played for 60 minutes, you know, he would have done a lot more. They would have had a bit more of a pivotal play up front where you can lay it off him or he can make those runs on the shoulder as well. But yeah. they didn't have any of that play. I think that false nine thing with De Bruyne, it worked against some oppositions, but not against a team like Chelsea where they're so defensively great. It doesn't work like that. So, yeah, I think you flopped under pressure. No, I, I totally agree. I feel like the game needed Aguero as, as the focal point or just a, a recognised striker. Even Gabby Jesus, bro. Even if he started and Aguero came on, just a focal point as a striker. Playing Sterling when he's not been on form all season just didn't make sense. Playing Fernandinho or not playing Fernandinho and, and trying to go attacking. It's funny, he even said it in an interview where he was explaining to, I don't know who you were talking to, I think it was on Sky, he was explaining how Chelsea play. 
So I was like, you know how they play, and then you still decided to do this. It just didn't make sense. But, you know, another 800 million down the drain. That's someone who spent money. 800 million. Yeah, it's close to a billion. It's yeah. practically close. If you can spend 300 mil on fullbacks, then yeah, it's definitely close to a, a billion. And you still mm-hmm. haven't delivered the thing you were supposed to do. But just saying, football's not easy, man. You can't <laughs> spend more money. But <laughs> let's get on to um, the PFA uh players and awards and stuff like that it was a practically a clean sweep by city um diaz won player of the season um kdb won pfa players player of the year and Foden won young player of the year um i want to quickly touch on these because i know these awards are based on narrative i know jay you watch nba so i know you know how the nba mvp works it's not based on who's the best player of the year it's just based who has the best story who has the best narrative so Ruben Diaz, okay, I kind of get how he won the player of the season, even though I, I still find it weird that a player who has not won a man of the match in a single Premier League game won player of the season. He was? Yeah, he didn't win man of the match once. <laughs> yeah, which is... Like, I know, fair enough, it's not easy, especially when you're, when you're Man City, it's not easy for your centre-back to win man of the match, but... Surely, if you are player of the season, when I can guarantee you, when Van Dyke won player of the season, PFA player of the year, he definitely won one of the match and won at least one Premier League game, at least. Definitely, yeah. Definitely. So, but I guess the narrative of the 17 clean sheets City kept and the way he came in and just made Stones better, blah, blah, blah. I, I get that narrative as to why he won it. Um, the thing I'm quite confused about is Kevin De Bruyne. I don't think he's he won it again. He won it last season and he won it again this season. So he's now one of only three players to win it back to back, which is Ronaldo, Henri, and now KDB. Now he's more listen, I'm not gonna deny his ability. He's more than capable of winning winning it back to back. But I feel like this season there was nothing special. There was nothing that I saw KDB do and I'm thinking, oh he's emulated this immaculate season once again. I thought if you were going to give it to someone who, when City went on that run where they just were beating everyone for fun, your main focal guy was Gundogan at the time. Yeah, 100%. So I, I, I'm not sure if you guys saw it. Do you guys feel like um, KDB should have won? Or, I personally if- don't. I personally don't. I think, I think Gundogan should have won it, to be honest with you, because De Bruyne was out for three months during that period. And yeah. literally, he was scoring two goals, three goals a game. Like, it was ridiculous the way he was scoring goals. So, for me, that was the pivotal point because when KDB got injured, City weren't, I think they were like fourth or fifth. So, they weren't even that high up on the table. So, he changed their fortunes for the season. And then, obviously, when Kevin De Bruyne came, it kind of just cemented the team to kind of continue their form um, going on. But, yeah, I personally, I think Gunnigan should have got the, uh, the player of the year, in my opinion. I think Diaz, I think the reason he got it was because he was pretty much ever-present in that team. So you couldn't really give it to anyone else. Um, and obviously defensively as well, he's he helped regain the title as well, I guess. So I think that was the narrative based on that. And plus, being a 23-year-old, coming from a foreign league, doing your first season, uh, I think, like you said, regarding NBA, I feel like it kind of painted a nice picture for him in that aspect as well. So that might be the reason why he was selected for, for that award as well. So... But yeah, I think I think Gundogan was robbed personally. Yeah. So I um, now I was just gonna ask for clarity. Diaz won. Diaz won player of the season. Right. So like 
at Barclays Premier League Player of the Season, and then uh, KDB won PFA Players yeah. Player. That's the one that's way back in the media and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in full agreement. To be honest, um, the brain. Yeah, he's been he's been his regular, you know, great self. But like you said, there was that period. I can't even remember what, what it didn't. Did City go through a period where they were losing games or they were they were dropping a lot of points? They, they had like a little a little patch. They had a little patch. So at the start of the season, they were whack. Yeah, you know, they were whack because they didn't have a preseason. And then City went on this mad run around January December time where they won like twenty six or twenty seven games in a row. Yeah. And Gondolan was, was 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 pivotal in in that in that run. Yeah. So on, on that basis, I think I think like like Ozzy said, I think Gondolan's a more worthy um, worthy um, candidate. To be honest, um, I think the brain just. I mean, he he was still good. Don't get me wrong, but like I think Gondolan showed. I think you know it, it's mad because when you have so many good players in a team. Sometimes it, it doesn't give everyone the ability to showcase, you know, their true ability. And I think maybe De Bruyne being out just gave Gondolan that a bit that you know space to kind of step up and you know take more take more of a role. I mean, I've never really known him as a as a goal scoring uh, midfielder anyway, because even at his time at Dortmund, he was more of a I say a, a deep line playmaker and maybe a ball carrier. Yeah, so he's got he's quite techy. He, he can move the ball, you know, keep things ticking. But he's more than that, you know. He he's he's, he's got I'd say he's got like sneaky athleticism. Like he, he can he can move. Like he's not he's not like a I don't know how to describe it. I think sneaky athleticism is the best way. Yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Get across the ground. Um, but yeah, I think that you know De Bruyne being out gave him the opportunity to sh- kind of showcase himself. And I feel like he did it for such a quite a long stretch. It wasn't just like a small purple patch. It was quite a long stretch. So mm-hmm. I think yeah, may, maybe he might have been a better candidate. Some people might argue that you know. Uh, England's hero, Mr. Harry Kane. Some people will say that he should have won it. You know? I feel like he deserved it, in my opinion. He deserved it. I've never, like, what we've got to realise is that Harry Kane was the Premier League top goal scorer and the assist record as a striker. We haven't seen that since Henri. Mm. We haven't seen that since Henri, man. That's ridiculous. Especially in a crap Spurs team, that's ridiculous. And under the turmoil of Mourinho as well. That's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that's ridiculous, man. Yeah, like you wouldn't expect you wouldn't if someone told you Harry Kane's gonna lead the Premier League in assists, goals, yeah, that's fine. He's done it before, that's that's easy. But assists as well, adding that element to your game, that is really. If, I feel like if that was any other player, if that was a City player, boom, yeah, fair enough. Tottenham didn't win anything, but still, like to do that, it basically showed you carried your team by yourself. That's mm. this narrative because Henri was the last person to do that. People, Ronaldo didn't do it. Rooney didn't do it. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think that's that. In fact, that would have been a better narrative, to be honest. Mm. I mean, the Arsenal Tottenham rivalry as well. Like, um, I think I think that would be a better narrative. And even me speaking as an Arsenal fan, you're right. Um, yeah, I think I think he probably was definitely a better candidate than um, De Bruyne. But obviously, I guess I guess in the Premier League, they're not. It's, like, it's the same as NBA, like you said. Like winner, it's it's winners, isn't it? Yes, the winners like, have been, yeah. Like, and, and on top of that as well, like the wording of the of the Premier League one is is players player of the year. Yeah. It's not most valuable player. So there, there's there's that element as well. I mean, what what did Jordan Henderson win the other the other year? He won a football writers one, I think. 
Yeah, football's right. So that was the, yeah, football rights one. So that's the one. You want, you want a separate one, but like you, narratives, man. Narratives. Yeah. I mean, so unfortunately, awards yeah. are based on narrative, man, and not individual performance. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not. Now that I think about it even more, I am not sure why the narrative for Kane wasn't the stronger one that they went with. Mm. I'm not too sure because the brain didn't really have one this season. Not really. I, he was injured. He came back. Did his thing. Yeah. What's new? Do you know what I mean? We saw it last. It was better last season. That's that's the thing with the De Bruyne one. Yeah, mm. that's true. But um, let's get on to speaking of narrative and awards. I've seen a lot of people after the Champions League win saying Engolo Kante for Ballon d'Or. <laughs> now, um, I will I I won't tell you my thoughts on this because I'll I'll get onto my little rant later. But I want to ask you guys: Could we see Engolo Kante win the Ballon d'Or? Or do you feel like this narrative is just ridiculous? Question: Has Has Lewandowski did he get did he get his? No. Then no. it's impossible. I, I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. This man, this this striker, this bad boy striker, is out here breaking records left, right, and center, scoring it on the biggest stage. Don't matter who, don't matter what, he does it all, and he was robbed. And then we're gonna now start talking about. And then Golo Kante, who under Lampard, let's be honest, was looking like was looking like he was done out here. He was looking like Kante had he'd lost it. He'd looking, he was looking lost, you know. And then obviously under Tuchel now, he found his form again. But nah, I can't. You can't. You can't. I mean, there's 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 Lewandowski, there's Neymar, Mbappe. There's there's so many other names that come before Engolo Kante, and and I think. Like you said, it's based on narrative. I think it's the whole social media. Oh, look how cute he is! Look how humble he is! Oh my God, he he um, the, what was that story that came out about him going to a friend's party for the first time? And he, that, he man. I don't care. What anyone, <laughs> listen, I don't care what anyone says. I saw that yeah, and I said that is the most BS I've ever. I said whoever his PR or his spin his spin doctor is, yeah, is crazy. It's, Pat man, imagine <laughs> he's never been to a party before. Like his first party when he was at, when he was twenty six. Sharp man, have you never gone to a party? I don't know. It's believable. It's believable. No, it's believable. It's the way we're do- the way he's portrayed, bro. Yeah, but look at look at his background. It's it's very believable. You've seen how his family is like. They're very. I, I can I can believe that. Yeah, so he's never been to a family birthday party, you know. I I can believe it, right? But maybe he's never been to a party with colleagues or friends, you know, outside of. The, the family thing, but obviously I'm I'm in agreement with you. It seems like PR spin to me, and I, and and he's doing things and acting natural. He's not. I don't think he's putting on any kind of act or anything. He's just being yeah. genuinely him. But I feel like maybe there's someone around him in the background that's just <laughs> in that spinning that PR wheel and just trying to like, like that whole that whole trophy thing. Everyone's going so crazy about it. Oh my god! Everyone else is kissing the trophy, and N'Golo just came with just cute stuff and just. Like he just touched it, and oh my god, like he's just so amazing in Gola. And then obviously the France World Cup, Gola Kante, na na. Everyone's just they, yeah. wheeling that up. All the all the big social platforms, you keep seeing that video. So you know there, there is a lot of narrative, but nah. Lewandowski, if Lewandowski ain't touching it, then I don't want to hear Kante. I'm, I'm yeah, what if Kante wins the Euros? Sorry. What if Kante wins the Euros as well? Yeah, that's that's probably debatable because obviously he's won the Champions League and then he's won the Euros. But for me, he's just had a purple patch where he's played well in the last few months. I don't feel like that entitles you to win the Ballon d'Or because like Jay said, 
Lewandowski was robbed last year. They should have even cancelled it. I know it was all COVID, pandemic, all that kind of shit, but at the end of the day, the award ceremony should have still happened, you know? Like, you yeah, still should have resumed, you know what I mean? It didn't make sense as to why mm. that never happened. So, and to make it, to make his claim even more, this season he's broken the Bundesliga uh, record uh, in the history. So he's got 42 goals. So that narrative is even stronger for his case that he needs to get that Ballon d'Or. And mm. he should get one for losses. So he should get two trophies, in my opinion. But yeah, the Kante thing, look, I like him as a person and I think he's an incredible baller. But at the end of the day, just because you've had a good few months, I don't feel like that entitles you to have a Ballon d'Or. Ballon d'Or is like, you have to be playing consecutively amazing throughout that whole season. Like you have to have that kind of clutch moments and not just one or two, like plenty of them for you to be like, yep, yeah, I was the man that was the best player in the world. That's how it should be looked at, in my opinion. So, so yeah, I, I don't I don't agree with the narrative that the media is kind of portraying on him. So, yeah, I don't go with it. Tony, just before you, just before you, you go on your rant, I just want to say as well, that, that <laughs> Euro thing, right? Number one, I, I agree as well, Ozzy. They need to give Lewandowski two. He needs to be, yeah. he needs to be standing there like this. <laughs> yeah. He needs to tease him one, two. But yeah. uh, that Euros thing, I think, I think it's irrelevant. I, I, I like it, uh, it. Is Ballon d'Or based on just general? Like, I'm just asking now as a question: Is it based on general football in play throughout the season internationally? And yeah, because the the season Luka Modric won it, that was because of the Champions League and the World Cup final. And he won somehow. He won the best player in the tournament in the World Cup. The season Luka Modric won it, so they they consider that. I, I'd say okay. I can see I can see how they'll spin the narrative, but it, it would it would take it would have to be like it would have to be monumental performances from from Kante for me to even say you know what okay I can I can understand why he's being considered. I still say no. Maybe that's maybe that's unfair, but. I, I just can't see anyone but Lewandowski again. Honestly, I just it just yeah. doesn't it doesn't make sense in my brain. You forty two goals. I don't care what people say, whether they say it's a it's a it's a farmers league or whatever you want to call doesn't it. Matter. Doesn't matter. I'm not I'm not trying to hear that. No one's done it before, and there's been great strikers that have come out of Germany. Yeah. So I'm not trying to hear all that mess. But man, go. I'll give it to you, man. The rant the rant is here. <laughs> I hate this, but no, I'm joking. No, I don't. Is that, you guys practically said it. It's the way the media, because I've always been against. I feel like I've been fighting this uh, this Angolo Conte agenda for years now, when people are calling him the best midfielder in the world. Like I, I would never call this guy the best midfielder in the world, only because. Sorry? Yeah, listen, p- loads of people have called Conte the best midfielder in the world. There's no way on this God's green earth I would ever call him that. He's the best at what he does. Best defensive midfielder. That's how I would label it. Well, that's the thing. I would say. Well, I'm, I'm again, a big fan of Fabinho, so that's for I me. Would, he's one of the one of the I still ones. say that there's more defensive midfielders better than him. Yeah, Two, people don't even call him a defensive midfielder because there's a yeah, whole. That's true, yeah. oh, he he's the best ball winner. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations, you're the best ball winner. I can't. I don't get how you can be the best midfielder in the world. And you can, and you can barely like string sixty yard passes, bro. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no. midfielder, you've got to have the whole package. And with it, like, okay, cool. You put in a couple of man of the matches in the semi-final and the final. Congratulations, you're in the Champions League. Congrats, I get it. But no way near the Ballon d'Or. I don't know how we've even put Conte in the Ballon d'Or, the sentence to get. Like, it just does yeah. not make sense. Whoever his spin doctor is, is the most craziest spin. I need him as a spin doctor because <laughs> this guy has just somehow... 
because as you said, because he what touches the Champions League and he drives a mini and stuff like that. We all yeah. think <laughs> also, it's so mad how with Conte, all of his off the field antics boost his on the field performances. But with other like with other people, let's say in comparison to Pogba, anything he does off the field yeah. is the complete opposite. Like, cool. Remember that World Cup, Conte got stubbed off 60 minutes for Nzonzi, bruv. Do you know what I mean? Let's we forget. Let's we forget. And when Nzonzi came on, that's when France scored more. So, like, I'm not going to disrespect Conte and say he's not a great player because he's good at what he does. Yeah? And I can't deny that. He's probably the world's best at what he does. But doesn't mean you're the world's best midfielder. Don't want to see you anywhere near a Ballon d'Or. Congratulations for winning the Champions League. You probably might win the Euros of France because France are a ridiculous team. But yeah. you won't be the best midfielder in that team. You won't be the best player in that France team. It is, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, just stop stop trying to create this guy because he's the humble guy and he's relatable to you, weirdo, to sourceless brothers. He's just a sourceless guy, man. I've said it. He's sourceless. I mean, I mean, praising sourcelessness. Like, nah, that's not the country. That's not the society I want to live in, in all honesty. Okay, okay. I, I I'll, 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 <laughs> okay, I want to ask a question here because I, I just want to, I want to break it down mathematically. So if, if we were to rate Conte's season... Premier League season, what rating are we giving him? Out of 10? Oh, it's Premier League. So this is bar excluding Champions League and that. Oh, no, no. In fact, look, let's let's put Premier League, Champions League. Let's put, put club football. We're going to rate his club football this season. What what rating are we giving him? Out of 10? It's going to have to be like a 7 or 8 because he won a Champions League at the end of the day. It's the biggest club. I was going to say 7 because I don't think... He, I think he's only played well in the last few months in the Premier the last League. Before, yeah, before that, he wasn't... Yeah, he, was yeah. Center, he was playing centre mid for Lampard, so... He wasn't being played to his strength, so he was box to box. But like you said, he's not pinging 60-yard passes and he's not really scoring any bangers either. So it's like, for me, he didn't have much of an impact until March, March, I think. Feb, March, when, tu when Tuchel came in. So March, I'll give it a seven based on the Champions League win, if I'm honest. Yeah. So, okay. So if we're giving him a, a seven, a, let's average it out seven, seven out of ten, right? So Lewandowski, what are we giving him out of ten? Nine. Yeah, nine. Okay, cool. So on that basis, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna add the 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 euros to it, I don't think I don't think Poland did they make it? They didn't make yeah, it. They're, they're in there. there. Oh, they're, they're in there. there. Cool. Yeah. They're in there. So we're saying that Conte is gonna literally gonna have to have a ten out of ten euros, and Lewandowski is gonna have to have like a an absolute shocker for for him to have any chance of winning. That that's. Mathematically, that's that's the way I'm trying to mm. piece it together in my head because, like 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 Tony said, I don't I don't think I, I I wouldn't mind if he gets a nomination. Like cool, if, especially if he's if he plays a pivotal part. But like you said, freaking World Cup and Zonzi came on and, and did the madness. So, um, but no one no one wants to talk about that. People trying but, to say he had a better World Cup than Pogba and don't remember this guy got subbed off in the final. You see, you see, you see, no one remembers that. You see what these these spin doctors do, bro. Because yeah, he yeah. doesn't go to parties and people have to invite him to parties and he drives a mini, bruv. It's because he's relatable to the average man. That's why. It's because yeah, when really. when the average man sees like footballers with their flashy cars and that's not relatable, they they want to somehow think like the flashiness affects their... Mm. Listen, nothing off the field, unless it's drugs, 
nothing off the field you like affects your footballing ability. Do you know what I mean? You getting a haircut does not affect your footballing ability. You being sourceless does not affect your footballing ability. You're either whack or you're not, right? So I don't know why with everything with Conte, it's not like oh he done this 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 is in the pictures. So it's like oh he's so nice or he he done this or he turned up to this or he he didn't go to this party or he barely lifted a trophy or someone brought him to the front so and lifted him up because he like come on man because he's shy yeah well, congratulations for being shy man Graham Sooners he's talking about haircuts tell that to yeah. Graham that's because that's that's because my 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 midfielder's living rent free in that brother's headphone. <laughs> that's fine. But um, let, let's get on to the Euros because it's I'm excited, man. Friday, the Euros start. France are looking like the favourites. Yeah. First of all, I want to ask who are your favourite? No, first of all, I want to ask: Can we see England win it? Can England do it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no. Hey, listen, 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 listen. I, I I need to get this out because I was disgusted, disgusted with Gareth Southgate, bro. Honestly, this man is about to fumble the generation of miracles, bro. That's that's the only way I can describe. That's it. the generation of miracles. <laughs> miracles. If, if you watch Karoko Basket, if you watch your anime, he's about to fumble the generation of miracles. We've got. Foden, Grealish, Bellingham. Who would you say? Would you say Bellingham? Bellingham. Well, there is so much talent all over Rashford, this team, bro. No, I'm not even in Rashford. No, no, no. <laughs> if Rashford get his act together, honestly, for for England, he's actually a lot better for England and into, on the international stage. But we've got so much talent, and this man decides to take four right backs. Four. <laughs> And I'm sorry, we have to talk about this. Trent, I, I've had this debate with my with my boys. I like Trent. I think Trent's a good player. Offensively fantastic. But let's be honest, this season, man was getting burnt by man them that played for Burnley. Okay? He was getting... Dwight McNeil was sourcing, man. Putting man on skates. Had him all over the gap. I'm sorry. I said this to my boys and they thought I was moving mad. I would rather take Aaron Wan Bissaka than take Trent. Nah, no way. Oh, nah, even, even play, as you, defend, you need to be able to defend. Do your job. You need to be able to defend first. There's big you, players on the international stage, and if you cannot defend, you will get found out. Those yeah, are the yeah. facts. You'll get I'll found out. You I would have actually had Wan Bissaka in my team, but I would have, I would have still tried started with Trent. Wan Bissaka, one thing that I've noticed over the years, because he's He's really good at tackling, like you just mentioned. For me, he's not a modern-day fullback because attacking-wise, he's not he's not great. Like he, he's all right, but he's he's not able to have a lot of an assist during a season. The way I don't like the formation England played. One, that's one of the reasons why I don't think England will do well tactically. Yeah. Southgate's poor, and the formation he's playing is like you don't have that generational talent. That's how he's playing. Like he's got full of defenders, but the midfielders were lacking. But We've got so many great attacking midfielders. It's actually ridiculous. I don't think England have been blessed with that many. Like you mentioned, we've got Grealish, Mount, Bellingham, Foden. Like, it's actually quite difficult to even put them all in one team. Yeah. But he's not even playing to their strengths. He's playing a back five. England playing a back five is a joke, in my opinion. Like, you've got Harry Kane, one of the most lethal strikers in world football right now. And then you've got Rashford, who for me does a great job on the left and can score goals as well. 
for me, is more effective than Raheem Sterling. So I would always I would start with Rashford on the left. And like, you've got so much talent there, but he's playing defensive, really, which is just like, yeah, that blows my mind. But back to Wan-Bissaka, he would have actually been a better option to have where he can play. He hasn't done it for United, but I've heard rumours that this is the plan for next season because you're linked to Trippier, I believe. So him playing in a back three. I know, but it's the rumours, isn't it? So I would actually play Wan-Bissaka in a back three like as an option. Right, yeah, if they were to play a backfield on the right side, because I think no one's going to go past him in that kind We've of We've done that once before. We've done it... Um, oh, what game was it? I want to say it was in the Champions I want to say it was the start of PSG away. But we played Wan-Bissaka on, on the right side of the back three before. And it was, obviously, as you can tell, when all he yeah. has to do is defend, it's simple. The only thing is Van Bissaka, and I don't think he'll ever play for England is because one, they, we've got an array of right-backs in Carl Walker, Trippier, Trent, yeah. and they can all are much better, they're all much better than... Um, going forwards. Going forwards to Van Bissaka. And I'm sorry, Van Bissaka looks very awkward when he goes forward. Like He looks like he's on skates. So, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I, Ozzy, I agree with you. I feel like we're going to have an array of talent and we're not going to utilise it properly, yeah. especially in this Euros. I, let's say even if we somehow win our group, we're still going to get the runner-up of that group of death with Germany, Portugal and France, and then it's a wrap. So yeah. It shouldn't be, though. It shouldn't. It um, really shouldn't. It really shouldn't. Like, we should, like you, man, are saying, we should really go for this. Like, Honestly, formation-wise, people still think if we go for this, I, I still sorry about in. I even 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 if we still go for this, I still don't think we win. But why? Like, because English players are good, right? The Grealishes, your Foden's, your Mounts. But what are they like on the world-class stage? Because we got to remember these Mounts, these Foden's are good when they're playing next to KDB and that. When they're playing next to other English, we don't know how good they are. We but need there's to another argument. There's another argument. You could say that, yeah, but what is the English league known for? Hustle and bustle, fast pace, no time, no space. But that's not what international football is like, bro. International it's, football is way more technical. Exactly. But but this, the, imagine these guys, these technical players, Jack Grealish, um, Mount Foden, they're all playing in, in, in I, I'd say, hostile conditions in the Premier League every week, getting, you know, chased down. So imagine, I'm, I'm not saying it's, it's, a, it's a complete science, but imagine them now playing on a much, I'd say, I'd say slower stage or a stage where they have much more time on the ball and they can showcase their technical abilities. Like for me, someone mentioned it, like if we play a 4-3-3, someone said we should play Rice, um, Mount and Grealish in a three. And I was like, you know what? I'd play that, you know, like that. that yeah, <laughs> that, that's very that's attacking. That. It's very attacking, and that's what, that's what people will say. But why not? Mm. Why not? Like, there's, I, I, I think that would work. I would, I would probably go a bit more adventurous. I'd play Henderson as a DM, and I'd play Foden. Get and that Bingham. guy out of the squad. No. <laughs> I knew, I knew you Liverpool fans. I'm trying to get oh. him. He doesn't need to be there at all. No, he's not. That's his first football since March. England had this. Maguire's not fit yet, you know. Yeah, he yeah, might not even play. Yeah, I think Bosch should be there. To be honest with you, yeah, I, I don't think Bosch should be there. England had this thing for taking 
injured players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a waste. It's a waste of a space. Ezri Konsa and Fikayo Tomori were robbed. robbed. Yes, I was about to mention that. Trust robbed. me. Robbed. Especially Tomori. Tomori's been fantastic for Milan. Yeah, he's what been very good. You know? We were having this, this this debate in the group chat because I'm a type of guy, yeah. Like I know, I know I'm not I'm not a scout or nothing yet, but I know his players. I'm like, you know what? Like he's doing right, he's doing well, he's doing well. So I asked one of my boys a while ago, I was like, Where's Tamori? Like he's playing really, really well. You know, where is he? Why is Lampard not playing him? And he was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. He's gone to Milan, he's done his thing. And we brought up in the group chat, and people were like, Oh, you this guy, you're such a um, person of the moment. Like, da, da, da. I was like, but no, I thought Tamori was playing pretty decent back then. And, and then yeah. now you got he's brought in Ben White ahead of Tamori. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I, I, no, I rate I, I rate Ben White. I, I, think he's, I rate him as well. I think he's decent. He looked at, especially at Leeds the previous season. I thought he was really really good. In the uh, yeah, he was good. But like, come on, man, Tamori Konsa. Some would argue he's been better than Mings this season. Yeah, and 100%. The right. Villa fans would say that. One hundred. So, like, so, uh, and then oh, it, it just it just makes you wonder because the same thing happened the previous season when Smalling was playing at Roma, having the season of his life, absolutely smashed, mm. and Southgate didn't even look at it. He was playing Eric D and and um, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. But I don't think, like I said, I I agree. Henderson, I don't think should be. In the team, I get what he's there for. He's there for intangible leadership, Shattered and pointing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and every team kind of needs that that player anyway. I I get it, but ability wise, come on, Declan Rice is clear of him. Clear, really? Yes, clear. Yeah, clear. I don't rate Declan Rice. I think he's I think good. I rate Declan Rice that, but I think he's clear of Henderson. Declan Rice, he can play, man. Come on, he can play. Don't get me wrong, but. This is one thing that I feel like the English media always do. Like, Henderson and Maguire, for me, both shouldn't be going. If they're not fit, they shouldn't play. So this is the time to actually play people like Rice, who you've just mentioned, who's for me, hasn't really proven at that level. So yeah, yeah, this fair. is the perfect time to do that. And obviously, defensively, they're a bit worried that, oh, Maguire's not there. Who's going to partner Stones? But the thing is, you're playing a back three anyway, so you've got multiple defenders to do that. So you're playing as a unit rather than just two defenders. So it shouldn't be a, a problem as such because you've, like you said, four right backs. God knows how many other defenders are in that squad. So you're sorted in terms of defensively. But yeah, I, I think the media like to have that emphasis where there's certain players you just want to kind of hold on to and kind of be like, oh yeah, that's the reason why we didn't do well because Henderson wasn't fit or back in the day it'll be, oh, because Rooney wasn't fit. Like It's just an easy way to blame someone or blame it as to why the team didn't do well. But this crop of youngsters literally... They're gonna go. They're gonna grow together and play for years and years. Let this be the first competition where they actually just play and let this. Let's see how they do because there's too much emphasis of let's win the Euros, but perform well. Show, yeah, yeah. show kind of like a character of the way we play. We don't have an identity in this country in terms of international football. Like we're not back in the day. It's kind of like long ball football, big man up top kind of thing. But the the game's changed now. Show that identity. We actually like we actually got technical players in our team. We got midfielders that are box to box, can play on the wings, got skills, can do a few nutmegs here and there, and score bangers as well. But that's not really the stance right now. So that's why I don't have any faith in England whatsoever. And it's disappointing because they've actually got some great talent this year. Yeah. So if if we all don't have faith in England, who do you think is gonna win the Euros and why? I think France is the obvious kind of choice, but I'll just go. 
I'll I'll kind of name like a dark horse. I think Italy might be a dark horse. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because Unbeaten since what? Like what? Was yeah. Years. Yeah. Being in two years, yeah. And they play some good football as well. So, and they've got some young players like Barella from Inter Milan. For me, he's a baller. Like he's very, very impressive. Kaiser as well, who was signed by um, Juventus. He had a great Champions League uh, campaign as well. Insigne, he's been there for a long time. And they've got Immobile. They've got so many good players in that team. And Verratti, for me, is underrated as well. I don't think he gets spoken highly enough. So, they've actually got a good team. I feel like they'll be a dark horse. Portugal is another one that I feel like might do well. or might even get towards like the semis or even the final, to be fair. Uh, Germany haven't been spoken about that much. So, I feel like that's another team that... I don't, I don't know if you saw the highlights yesterday. Like, they were scoring some crazy goals. Literally, I was recording my podcast yesterday and I had the Germany game in the background and someone mentioned yeah. that like, Germany's not been spoken about. And then I watched the game and I said, oh my Lord, Cruz, Gundogan, Kimmich. Gundogan's goal was ridiculous. Gundogan's goal was yeah. ridiculous. Müller. Yeah. Like, Hummels. Like, Hummels. Yeah. Like, oh, that pass. Germany's still there, pass man. Serious, yeah. Germany's still there. Like, if I had to pick someone... If I had to pick any team that's going to win the Euros, it's going to be from that group, that group F of Germany, yeah. France, and Portugal. One of the guys from that group is going to win it. Maybe even Portugal, man, with the way that Bruno Fernandes or however you want to call him, it's just inevitable, <laughs> bruv. And then you still got Ronaldo. And listen, somehow Portugal won a Euros last year of the in 2016. Somehow, yeah. somehow they won it, and now they've got better than they don't have in 2016. Is Pepe still in the team? Yeah, Pepe's still there. I think he is, yeah. And Font. Yeah. League arm team of the year, you know. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. add Ruben Diaz to that. Jao oh, Cancelo. Cancelo, yeah. yeah. Rafael Guerrero as well. Guerrero from Dortmund. Yeah, bro. Yeah. They have ballers. Ruben Neves, João Moutinho, Renato Sanchez, William Carvalho, Bruno Fernandes, Bernardo Silva, Diogo Jota. Yeah, Felix, as well from Sporting Lisbon. He's a baller. Yeah, Portugal yeah. have ballers. They have so, ballers. So there are multiple. I mean, the the, the people's favorite, well, not people, the media's favorite at the moment is clearly France. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pipping them. Man, like big time number nine, Karim or number nineteen. Now he's back in the fold. He's he's been recalled. Well, he's he's Today, oh, no. he came off injured earlier. Yeah, so Ooh. he he's he came off. We don't know yet, but they had a they had a just before we started recording. They had a friendly against uh, Bulgaria, I think. And Paul has been Pogba apparently has been being ridiculous. Um, but what's yeah? Giroud came off injured and he was in tears. So Giroud came. No, Giroud. Sorry, uh, Benzema came off. Oh no! Oh yeah. no! Hopefully, we always see better in that team. Surely, he deserves it, man. He deserves it. But um, yeah, I, I, look, look, from 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 the the list there, there's so many dark horses. Like so many. Like in fact, I, I can't even call them dark horses because it's, they're media dark horses. But in reality, yeah. actually, good teams that are that should yeah. make this competition competitive. Um, the only thing that I would say is that I'm really disappointed that England isn't there. Like it should be. We should be there, honestly. Like, we should be the talent. The talent that England has, I'm not saying we should win, but like you said, I, I would, I would like to see us go for it, man. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing to lose, man. Like, we're not. In fact, now I think I don't understand why the media is trying to do this now, the, the local media. But 
we're, we, we should probably be seen as, or we are seen as pretty much low, low chances of winning. This should be a pressure-free, yeah. go out, express yourselves. Like like you said, Ozzy, you know, find your, your, your identity, you know, build some rapport, gain some experience. That's what this should be. But I just have a feeling that Southgate is going to make this a... Because I think his, his job is kind of on the line here, isn't it? Kind of, especially for the, for the World Cup next year. Yeah. So I feel like he's going to make this a, a proper, like, almost like I can't lose. Like you said, three at the back, no expansive football, no... Oh, it's just going to be... It's just going to show that English football is not really progressing, despite all the, all the progress that is clearly being made, you know. So I think it's sad. But, um, yeah, I think France are clearly the favourites. Um, but I, I wouldn't say they're far favourites. I think there's a lot of teams that are just in and in and around. Um, I think Portugal, they've got they've got the nouse. They've got the nouse. They got they got CR seven still there. They got the, they got the old heads in in um, Pepe and Font still there. Ruben Diaz is there, like you said. They've got they've got a nice little balance. I think they've got they've got enough nouse there to maybe maybe not perform to the highest levels, but make their way through you know, meander, you know, a tournament competition, you know. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be a good, a good Euro. It's going to be a good watch. I mean, bro, for me, getting away from Arsenal, man, just, ah. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That brings, that brings me to my next point. So to wrap it up, I just want to, as is an end of, end of season review video, I want you guys to review your team. So Ozzy, I'm going to start with you. Liverpool had yeah. a topsy-turvy season, but yeah. somehow made it into the Champions League. So how would you assess that as a Liverpool fan? And what's your hopes for next season? That was a miracle that we even got in the top four. And I'm going to be brutally honest. Um, finished I, third, we finished third. It's not even top four. We're in top three. So How, Sway? How? <laughs> how? Literally. How? I have no idea how that happened. Because I wrote, I was like, I was brutally honest when I did my podcast that year. I don't see us challenging for top four. This was like around March. And then we went on that, I think we won eight games out of ten and drew drew um, two matches and then that's what helped us get top four. I think considering how abysmal our season was in the first half after Van Dyke and then after that it was like a domino effect. Like this player got injured, that player got COVID, and it just went mm. back and forth. And then we had like twenty odd partnerships in defense. It was just a, the worst thing like you could have imagined actually happened at the club. So it was just like we're playing our sixth, seventh, eighth choice defenders that were in the youth team. So it was just ridiculous. But yeah, Reese Williams, all of those guys. But, um, goalkeepers in that. Yeah, you know, that was a pivotal moment. The goalkeeper scoring the goal. So I feel like when that happened, I feel like, yeah, we're going to get top four. It's just kind of written in the stars. It's unlikely a goalkeeper ever gets a winner. So for me, that was just like, yeah, we're going to get it. But yeah, it, was, it wasn't an easy season. Literally a roller coaster from high to low. Um, but yeah, happy that we're in the Champions League. I'm not sure that affects our sort of transfer activity in the summer because you guys watch the media. It's like Mbappe, this Haaland, that no British team is going to get either of those players. Let's be honest, especially Mbappe. Like salary-wise, Liverpool would never pay that much for one single person. And then the transfer fee alone, it's not realistic. So yeah, I've still got people on Twitter telling me, yeah, we're going to get Mbappe. No, we're not. It's not happening. So... The way Liverpool work, we'll go for like a young player with huge potential and then grow and then like Konate. So we signed Konate for 36 million. Great, That's the type of, great signing. That's the type of player I feel like 
Liverpool need to go for, and that's the type of profile that Liverpool need to go for. We don't need to go for those big stars because that's not really been our philosophy in the last few years. So he's, next better, season, he's better than Thing, by the way. I think he's better than Upper Meccano. I think so. Yeah, I think so as well. He's injury prone, but I think he's better. That's the only concern of Kanate. That's like I was speaking to a lot of Liverpool fans. The issue is his injury record, but he's had he's not injury prone, but it's just that he's just had very bad injuries, kind of similar to Joe Gomez, where he broke his ankle, he broke his leg. Like it's just kind of unfortunate incidents that you get those injuries. Like does it make sense considering you've had so many injury problems buying someone that's I know it's a big gamble, but I'm quite strong in this. I feel like Liverpool should have at least five centre-backs next season. I don't go with four. Because, like, all... Because, obviously, Van Dijk is coming back, so he's not going to be in fifth gear straight away. It's going to take him time to get back to his, like, formidable self. Gomez is the same. Matip, as great as a footballer he is, for me, he's just... He's not reliable. He plays, like, 12 games a season. That's not someone you can rely on to be in the first team. So, I'd have him, like, as a squad player because... You can't sell an injured player either, so I don't even know if he's fit. So he'll have to be in the squad next season. Yeah. Phillips, I might just keep him. I think I think he deserves it, considering how well he's performed. And he will probably suit us when we play teams like Burnley, where you need someone at the back who's actually really good in um, aerial challenges. So I'd keep him. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I'd keep him. So defensively, I have five midfielders. One thing that I feel like Liverpool fans might get onto me is Naby Keita. That guy needs to go. Uh, yeah, he needs to go. I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you because I, I haven't been watching. I haven't been watching Liverpool. Yeah. Like, but I was going to say like, is he going to? Because obviously Genie's just left. So is he yeah. going to step up? You're saying no. No, because Ooh. he's kind of the same ball as Matip. It's nothing to do with his talent. I think that if you watched how he played for Red Bull Leipzig, he's an unbelievable player. But he's not reliable. He's always fit. Also, always unfit. Fit, fit is like a miracle for him. Like he was on a special regime from January onwards where he had like a personal trainer to get him fit. And we were told that, oh, he'll be, he'll be fit next week. Then he'll get injured again. And it'll be like six weeks. Like he just kept on going on and on. And you'd never see him play. So you can't have a squad player like that where he's never available. And when he does perform, he's always below par. So I think for both parties, it suits for him to go to another club. I've read that he's linked with uh, Atletico. So maybe a, a move to the Spanish league where it's more technical, a bit more slower pace and less aggressive than, than the Premier League would suit him. Or go back to Germany or even France, like a PSG might. Obviously, I think Wijnaldum's going there now, but a team like that would suit his kind of capabilities in that part. So, yeah, I, for me, I think that's... that's you, you get like two answers when you speak to a Liverpool fan about Naby Keita. But I'm... I feel like I've kind of lost patience with him and I feel like he needs to he needs to be moved on this year. Wow. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. Attacking wise, I'd love to see Rafinha. Um for me he would be fantastic where he can play left, right and his bags of tricks and scores so many goals as well. And I think the season he's had for Leeds fantastic season. He's only 22, 23 years old, so he's got plenty of years to, you know, grow into his potential and be a literal world beater and I feel like he does have that in his locker so that's the kind of signing I would go for where it's players that you know of, but it's, they've got huge potential to become really great players. And that's kind of been our way of recruiting in the last few years. So that's what I'd go with for Liverpool. All right. Looks like, looks like Liverpool, somehow you got it out of the bag. Because I was thinking, yeah. how do you decide these players without any Champions League football? But it looks like you got it out of the bag. But um, 
Speaking of non-Champions League football or non-European football or just any good football in general, Jay, I'm going to ask you, how do you assess Arsenal's season this season and what do Arsenal need to do? How do, how do they need to get this rebuild going? Listen, let, allow me to express myself in it because I, I, I need to do this. I need to do this, right? So, I mean, I, I don't even know where to begin yet. I'm sorry, but... I tried really, really hard to be behind this manager, and I tried. I tried really, really hard, and I don't think he's he's a he's a he's not. A, I don't think he's a bad manager, but his decision making and his arrogance pisses me off so much. You don't understand. He is so arrogant; it just makes no sense. It it it's like so many games, right? We've had we've known what the formation is to play. We know like this is the person you need to play. And this guy just does. He, it's like it's like I want to I want to show you guys that I'm a genius. I want to show you guys that I'm from the school of Pep. You know, like for example, beginning of the season, Lacazette was three and three. He, I think he had that game against Liverpool where he missed a big chance. Yeah, and then he dropped him for Eddie Inquietiot. Are you fucking kidding me? If if I'm Lacazette, sorry, I, I don't know if I can swear on. Uh, I apologize, but um, Matt, uh, apologize about that. But um, in Ketia, like if I'm Lacazette, I'm big Lacazette. I'm I, I may not be the heights that I was once before, but I'm Lacazette. How are you going to bench me for in Ketia? That is the biggest, just absolute shambles I can just imagine. Then there's so many other things. For example, um, selling Emmy Martinez for twenty million pounds. I said this to the yeah. boys. I said this guy lives, breathes, and dies Arsenal. He loves Arsenal. I know for a fact if we got relegated tomorrow, I know Emmy Martinez would stay at Arsenal. I said to the boys, sell Leno now. Be ruthless. Sell Leno now because I think Martinez is better than him. Commands his box better than him. Better distributed than him. Shot stopping, I think they're about the same. Size, Martinez is bigger than him. So I said to the boys, we should sell him. They're like, nah, Jason, you're moving mad, man. Lo and behold now, Emi Martinez, contender for team of the season. Leno saying that he wants to explore his options. Two years left on his contract. Once again, Arsenal in this quagmire position where players holding the club for ransom. William Saliba somehow can't get into the team. It doesn't make sense. But Rob Holding is there. Rob Holding, that was was on his way to Newcastle at the beginning of the season, is somehow in the in the team. In fact, he wore the armband this season to make matters worse. Wow. Rob Holding is there, doing what he is doing, losing headers to Raheem Sterling, and one other short don I can't remember who's not even five foot ten. Rob Holding is there, but Saliba can't get into the team. Saliba wasn't included in any of the any of the squad, so he wasn't even eligible for for Europa or any of the cup games. Nothing. Nothing. No. He's got France, league on team of the year, contender. Like this manager, he doesn't make any sense whatsoever. We signs they sign Willian. Willian has been at the detriment of Pepe. He benched Pepe for I don't know how many games he benched Pepe for Willian. Willian now wants to leave. Reese Nelson has been ruined by because of this decision. Because what it should have been was should have been Pepe and Reese Nelson, you know. Battling out for the right wing, not battling out, but Reese Nelson, you know, taking over the minutes when Pepe is not playing. But no, he decided to do what he's doing. Brings Willian. Willian's going to cost us thirty-five million over three years. 
And now William wants to leave and he's come out and said that he wants to go back to Chelsea, Chelsea and he's yeah. that he wants to leave. And it's just like, oh my God, David Luiz, you don't keep him. How do you not keep him? He's the only leader in the team. He's the only leader in the team. He's the only winner in the team. He's one more than Arteta. Like, the decisions at this club just make my head just explode. When Doozy, we send him out on loan. Yeah, he's petulant. He's got attitude problems. But if you're a manager, you manage that situation. You get him under control. You say, look, I'm the manager. I'm going to get you under control. I'm going to get you playing. No, he doesn't get him playing. He sends him out on loan to wherever. The French under-21 captain, by the way, who we're about to sell to Marseille for, what, £10 million? Where, where, where's the sense? Where's the brains? Pepe. It's only now at the end of the season that Pepe is now playing. This entire time, Pepe was playing well on the left-hand side. Yeah? There was a period where we put him on the left, he was balling. Put Saka on the right, we were balling. For some reason, this guy switches Pepe back to the right. Or he benches him. Why? Enzy Maitland-Niles sends him alone to, to West Brom. He was our best right back. I can see with my eyes that Pepe and Enzy Maitland-Niles they play well together, but no, he sends him away. Why? Just why? Like it, everything he does doesn't make sense. Bellerin, I, I I was a big fan of Bellerin. Bellerin clearly injuries. I think some of the off-field stuff, like the fans, I think it's all. I think I think he can do with a freshen freshening up of, of the situation. Yeah. He, Arsenal is not for for him anymore. To be honest, that's that's my opinion. I feel like he's there's still like a player in there, but I feel like things have gotten a bit toxic around like. I think he just needs to look for new pastures. Consecutively playing him. Cedric Suarez can't get into the team. He plays well. So many good games, he plays well. Then he has one bad game at left back. All of a sudden, we don't see him again. Never to be heard from again. Shaka's playing left back against a, a dribbling demon in... Who was that guy for Villarreal? Who was that left winger? Mm -hmm. Quick Wazy. Dancing all over. Oh, my God. I just, I, just, I, just could, I, just, I just couldn't believe it. And then, and then to, to get on to the transfers... Like it, 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 the embarrassment. I mean, Emmy Buendia. That that's that's someone that we've all known. They tried to they tried to say, oh no, you know, he wasn't our main target. Let's be honest. Everyone's known that we've been after him since last season. We didn't right. get it done then. We dilly dallied them. Took too long. Aston Villa came in. Swoop swoop. Got the business done. Took him away. I said this from early. If we want to be cheap, Bubakari Samari was there. We need dynamism in the midfield. He was available for 15, 18 million. Leicester yeah. have snapped him up. Their scouts know what they're doing. So clearly that was a good player there. Um, what's his name? Basuma. Everyone and their mother knows he wants to come to Arsenal. Yeah. What are we waiting for? Get the player. We're messing around. We'll mess around now. Liverpool will come and get him as a, as a replacement for Virginia. We're not yeah. careful. Messing around. We're going after players like Sander Berg. Sander Berg that hasn't been fit for Sheffield United. <laughs> Five million for Sanderberg. Like I just this club, they don't make any sense. We want to try renew Odegaard. I'm sorry, I am so sorry. Odegaard is decent, but he's not the answer. I can tell already, he's not the answer. He mm. doesn't impact scoring enough. He's a very nice technical player. We need goals from the midfield. Joe Willock on loan half the season scored more goals than the entire midfield. That's like it's, it's just every time I, I just sit there and I, I look at Arsenal, I'm like, oh my god, what are you man doing? What are you doing? Mavropanos is there. I've said this from the jump. This he's guy, still there. He's still there. We renewed his contract. We renewed his contract. 
He was one of the he was one of the better players in in um in uh, the Bundesliga this year. He had a great season this year at Bundesliga. I've said keep him, keep him. He's better than Rob Holding, surely, surely he's better than Rob Holding. Surely it should be him. It should be Ma- uh, Mavropanos, Saliba, um, Mari, and who's our other centre back? Um, Gabriel, Gabriel. It should be them four battling it out for for the centre backs. But watch, we're going to sell Mavropanos and we're going to regret it. I can see already we're going to regret it. But this is what Arsenal do. I said this from time as well. Um, if we want a cheap signing, Memphis Depay, he was free. Free. Yeah. I, I say, some people will say, why would he ever come to you guys? You know, and that's, that's, that's fair. That's understandable. But I'm sure if we come to him with the right package, he would come. London, London lifestyle, he's, a, he's into his music and that. It all kind of fits the whole brand and persona. If you pitch it the right way, you could get him. But no, we're, we're just there. Odson Edward, who we've been linked with for ages. Leicester have done it again. Yeah. Leicester have done it again. What are Arsenal doing, bro? Can someone tell me what we're doing? It just it just hurts me. Every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh my God, this team, what are they doing? What so, are they doing? Do you want Arteta in or Arteta out? Mate, uh, he's a... Uh, and who would you want to replace Arteta? Conte's there, man. Conte's there. But look, for me, Arteta, Arteta's a, he's, 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 he's technically good. I can see that he's, he's got a brain about him. He's, he's got something about him. But his arrogance and his just refusal just to do what's obvious is just, it's just what pisses me off. Like, Aubameyang is an old man now. He's in that Jamie Vardy mode. Like, he's getting older. He's still, he can still finish. But he, he's an old man. Why are you playing this man left left wing? Why is our 32, 33 uh, max steel player chasing back on the left wing and helping out Kieran Tierney to slide tackle Mandem? Like, what is going the on? The only thing is with Aubameyang on the left wing, three different managers have decided not to play Aubameyang up front. Bro, you know, he didn't do it. Arteta didn't do it. And I think. Wenger didn't do it as well. Like they all decided to try play him on the left wing. I, don't know I, I agree at that time, but you got to evolve. You got to see things as they're happening. He had a terrible season this season, terrible. But you know what? He's still bagged fifteen this season. Mm. Terrible season, horrendous. The worst he's ever had. He had his mum issue. He had um, he had personal issues. He had he was ill. He's had so many issues. Look at the Champions League final. I mean, the, the not Champions League final. We ain't even touched Champions League. What am I talking about? The Europa semi-final, Villarreal. Yeah. We needed a goal. We, I don't know if you guys watch um, this guy, Curtis Shaw. I don't know if you guys watch his channel, right? The meltdown that he had was literally me. We needed a goal. We needed one goal. And this man took off Aubameyang. Took off Aubameyang. What are you thinking? Surely, surely, any of us that have ever played FIFA or pro or anything, when you need a goal and the final minutes are coming, what do you do? You throw your striker on, you go direct. Anything can happen. The ball could drop. And if the ball drops, who's there to finish it? You're praying it's a Bamiya. But no, not this manager. I need to show that I'm a genius. Like, it it, it just, it just, oh man, it just, I don't know. I just, I stress. I try to stay under control, but... Villa are better than us right now. Villa are better than us. They're so much better than us. They've got Douglas Luiz, who I think is a baller. Um, Jack Grealish. They're looking at um, Ward Prowse. I'm sure they're going to try and get Ross Barkley back. That is quality. That is quality. 
Anwar Al Ghazi, he slept on. Quality yeah, Bertrand Traore that came from Leon, quality yeah. player, slept on. They have got players and they are about to overtake us. And Arsenal are just there chilling, not being proactive. I can't, I'm not even seeing where the, where the hope is going to come from. The, the owner, I, I went to the protest, uh, uh, like, um, the, uh, even the protest was a bit of a shambles, let's be honest. Like, a few hundred people turned up, like, Every aspect of this club, people were still buying the shirts. This club, I mean, I've gone on for some time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up here. But listen, <laughs> this club is just a mess from top to bottom. I don't know whether we're coming or going. One minute we've got Spend Missling Tat, and we're doing the whole, we're finding uh, the rough diamonds, and we're, we're doing, you know, that. And the next minute we're, we've gone to Raul Sinelli, we're doing the bag man, the paper bags, and we're. We're doing the back behind the doors dealings, and obviously we got shagged with Nicolas Pepe because as much as I love him, and I think he's a great player, seventy-two million. Stop it! Just stop it. That man is forty to fifty million max. Wilfred Zaha was there, and I still think we should go in for him as well. By the way, if if he's available, yeah. I reckon we should go for him. What have we got to lose? If he's there and we're selling Lacazette as well, I reckon we go for Zaha. I reckon he can play up front at some point in his career. I think he's got the, the facilities to do so. Especially now that up front isn't really about being a, a big, burly centre-forward anymore. It's more about your techers than that. But, man, I've gone on long enough. Um, I, I don't see I don't see any hope for Arsenal, really. Um, I'm hoping and praying. If Saliba goes on loan again, or if he gets sold, because this man hasn't made his day before Arsenal yet. If he gets sold... I'm ripping off the badge when I'm done with Arsenal. Cut. Cut it. Over. You heard it here first. If William Saliba gets... <laughs> if Saliba does not... If he does not start for Arsenal next season, if, we, if I don't see Saliba and Gabriel, if I don't see those two wavy dons playing in the heart of Arsenal's defence next season, cut me out, man. I'm, I'm done. Sorry, Bob. Sorry, Bob. Explain, explain, explain to me the reason why Saliba shouldn't play. Just give me a reason. He's just gone to league us. He's in. He's in contention to be in team of the season. Please explain to me. That's just from January. So that that just shows you how impressive he's been. Fofana is here. Yeah. He was considered the better out of the two. He's played better than Fofana. Or he's he's considered better than Fofana. Fofana has been arguably one of the best centre backs in the league this season. Yeah. Right. What are we thinking? Can someone explain it to me, please? Because I don't understand. I I leave it there, man. I I, I, I could go on and on and on. You know what? I I, I loved it, man. Arsenal tears. You know what I mean? As as a United fan, I love love them Arsenal tears. But, um, yeah, it's... It's funny how all these teams, just, just as United, we went, up, we went on United at the start and Arsenal and Liverpool, how we've all had like ups and downs this season, maybe more downs than um, downs of Arsenal than Liverpool. But Liverpool had their fair shares of downs too. But um, yeah, gosh, with Arsenal, let's see if Arteta lasts the whole season because if he has a bad start to the season, I, I, I think that's him. That's, that's him gone. The fact that he's still and you're still gonna try and give him money now to try and fix this issue. I feel like again that's down to the club. But if he doesn't have a good start, I don't expect him to be question. Question. Yeah. Um do you, what do you guys think? Two questions actually. Do you reckon he'll make it to December? Because I don't I don't if, if we don't like you said, if we don't play well, I reckon he's gone by December. And also yeah. what do you guys think of this Ruben Neves um guy? Because I, well, I 
this is the thing. I had a argument with my cousin who's an Arsenal fan, and I yeah. was like, actually going his pod and all that nonsense, and he was like, "Oh, I don't want Ruben Neves. I don't think he's better than Jacko." And I was like, "Okay, you need to be quiet. That's cap. He is better than Jacko. Let's not let's not get interested." But it depends with Ruben Neves because he's good. He's a good player, and we'll see what he's like in the Euros. I don't think he will start for Portugal in the Euros. Yeah. But it's because Wolves didn't have the greatest of seasons. Yeah. Sorry about that. Wolves didn't have the greatest of seasons. So, um... anyway, I'm going to carry on and ignore that. Wolves didn't have the greatest of seasons. So that's why he hasn't had a great, hasn't had a great look in. But he's a competent DM. He's one of them DMs that he's not the type of destroyer that you want. He's not like your Kante type of DM that wins the ball back. Why he can keep the ball. He can kind of break lines. I'm not going to say he's breaking lines constantly, but and he has a decent set piece in him. And we know what he's capable of. He's causing a lot of bangers. Is, is it an upgrade for Arsenal? Yes. And right now, beggars can't be choosers. I don't think Arsenal are going to have the pool you have of champ of European football in general and being a big club anymore. The fact that Emi Buendia's decided to go to Aston Villa rather than you, man, shows that maybe just maybe. Listen, you're still Arsenal. You'll still get some players. But maybe, just maybe, you're, you're slightly starting to lose that pool. So if Neves is an upgrade from Xhaka, I don't see why not, man. An upgrade is an upgrade. I think he would be a good fit, to be fair, because because you play you normally play with two DMs, him alongside Partey would be a good balance in terms of the midfield. So you've got Partey, who's kind of the destroyer, but you've got Neves, who can ping the pass. Is he a destroyer? Just to, sorry to cut you. Is he a destroyer? At Atletico, it was probably not at Arsenal, he, but he, I, I think I think it's one of these um, connotations that's put, been put against him. I think like a warrior at Arsenal, man. I mean, I just feel like he's 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 um he's not he's not necessarily the destroyer that everyone's making him out to be. He, he can destroy it, but he but he's he can play as well at the same time. He's more he's of a ball player than, than he's, he's more of a complete. I think he's a complete midfielder. Completely so, yeah, yeah, definitely agree. So I feel like him and Neves would be a good balance in that team. And I don't know if this is a realistic target, but I feel like you need a number 10. So maybe like Hossam Owa, who's available for 25 million. In terms of money-wise, it makes sense. But obviously, I know, like, like you said, I don't know if your owners would buy him. That's just like, is that good? I don't... Be, I don't be, you see all this all this Twitter campaigning here and all this TL yeah. stuff? I'm not on it. I, I am, I've seen him... And yeah. I'm not, I'm not blown away. I'm, I, I'd, ra- I'd rather get Zaha than get him. Oh, 100 percent. I like Hossam Awa, but even when people mention him to Liverpool, I'm not like, yes, we need to get him because he's not very consistent. Like he shows glimpses of like great ability here and there, but he normally plays as a number eight. So, family, yeah. he'll take a bit of time to adjust because obviously the physicality and the pace of the league. It will be a big shock to him if he plays in that position, and if he plays on the left, he doesn't have the pace to kind of be a be a man, especially in this Premier League. So, I honestly don't know why Arsenal never signed Zaha because Zaha has gone on record to say I'm an Arsenal fan as well. He's from South London. He would love to play for another top London team. So the writing was on the wall for him to go. So he's an yeah. Arsenal fan. It's it's like I I know for fact that he's still. Loves Arsenal, wants to play for Arsenal. Like, I mean, that's that's com- that's common knowledge. Every- everyone knows. Yeah, yeah. So I think he'd be a great fit, but it comes from the owners in terms of how much money they'd like to spend into the team. Because at the minute, it doesn't seem like 
I think the Buendia deal kind of came to finances that they weren't willing to push that extra mile to get him. Villa probably showed more kind of attention or love, like, you know, we really want you to be part of this project. Whereas he probably didn't see that that vision with the Arsenal setup right now. So you're forgetting one key factor, man. One key factor. Agent <laughs> Emmy Martinez. <laughs> you think Emmy, you think he didn't, you know, their agents are the same, yeah, right? Yeah, you think he didn't go, yo, Emmy, man, what, what's Arsenal saying these days, man? What are they saying? Emmy would have been like, all right, them man, ain't, them man ain't serious. They're, 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 yeah. not, they're, not, they're not serious, guys. Mm. Not serious. I said that last year as well about Martinez. I feel like that was the biggest mistake you could have made. The way he played last season was literally, you could tell he's a top keeper. And he's mm. just gone on to be great right now. So, bad. Lot of, like you mentioned, you've basically listed a lot of bad business decisions. Horrible. Financially and in terms of on the field. So, when you've got that mixture, yeah, it's a disaster straight away. Mm. And the thing is, Brendia is he's been in Norwich. He he definitely watches the Premier League. He 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 can see everything that's well Arsenal. He said, I do not want to be a part of that. Which I, I don't blame the guy, man. I don't blame him. I, I don't I don't blame it. I don't blame it either. But like it's just it just it just compounds everything. And 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 then to top it off as well, we're just we're selling players for loss as well. I mean, you got Squadron Mustafi, who we bought for 30 million. We've just bought him out of his contract. So yeah. even can't even do the Liverpool thing where like you sell your, your your players or you you recoup some money and then yeah. you know splash it out on. So our owners, like you said, our owners are crap. But the the, the little money that they give us because we're we're, not, we're so haphazard and there's no strategic strategy or plan, mm. we're not even buying the right people. So even if they don't work out, we can't even sell them for anything. No. When we should be we should have sold at his peak for he was worth like forty million last season. They were saying. 30, 40 million. Now they're saying 10. Like we're not even, we're not smart at all, man. Enough about Arsenal, man. Give me the Man United news, man. What's going on? <laughs> What's going for Man United? Oh, well, well, we, we, we practically touched on the season in a nutshell at the start. What we need is a right winger, a DM, and a centre-back. Those are the things, those are the Man United's biggest needs. Who is your right winger? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Answer my question. So we need a right winger, a DM, and a centre back. Um, we need a right winger because we don't have a right winger at all. We play Greenwood off the right, but we need to start moving Greenwood central because he's going to be a strike at the end of the day. If not, our right winger would be Dan James. There you go. Says it all. Um, defensive midfielder we need desperately. I'm seeing on the TL that Paul Pogba's ball tonight, France, once again. So we need to start playing. We need to start playing. If Pogba's going to play in a pivot, we need... I'm, I'm tired of McFred, that McFred pivot. Don't ever see that again. Tired of that McFred pivot. We need a DM that can play next to Pogba so that... I'm not trying to say just not to utilise Pogba. We just need a good DM in general. And we haven't had a decent DM in how long? I don't think we even replaced Carrick in all those years that we've had. If I had do to pick one, sorry, say that again. Do you play Fred? And, I got a question. Sorry, do you play Fred and Pogba together? And also, do you think that McTominay is actually as bad as he's he's made out? Or does because I I look at him and I feel like if he was coached better, I feel like he could be a much better player. I don't know. Is it just, maybe it's just me. I, I maybe I don't watch him enough. Nah, because he was coached under one of the best managers in the world, and Jose Mourinho, and he's still not great. Right, let's 
He's not. He's a squad player at best, right? He shouldn't be starting for Man United, which is not wrong with that. Decent player, decent squad player. I have him in the squad. Fred as well, decent squad player. I have him in the squad, but these are not United trying caliber midfielders. We need a defensive midfielder that can play next to Pogba, so we can have Pogba and Bruno in that midfielder higher up the pitch, and have that defensive midfielder sitting in front of the back four. And then we need a centre back. Again, people already know the story. We need someone that needs to partner Maguire. Because Baye, I would say Baye, but Baye can't stay fit. So if you get a centre back, a right winger, a DM, we're happy. Happy. Who would you go for? Give me names. Who would you go for? Right winger, obviously Sancho. Sancho is the name that we're going for. So defensive midfielder, um, Schwameni uh, from Monaco. Okay. Oh, I do like him. Now, that's just me if I was the manager, but that's not going to happen. I haven't seen any links with him whatsoever. People are saying we're linked with Declan Rice. I'm not going to pay the money that West Ham want for Declan Rice because they're going to want 80, 60, 70, yeah. 80 for Declan Rice. And if you give me 60, 70, 80 mil, I will find you a defensive midfielder in Europe better than Declan Rice. So, and centre back wise, apparently we're linked with Varane. I would, I would happily take Varane. What about Harry Winks, man? <laughs> someone, someone said it. Yeah, he said if I see that Mick, someone said if I see that Mick Winks pivot at United, oh, bro, yeah. and you know what? Yeah, just because of the name Mick Winks, bro, I, I wanted to come because, bro, if I ever have to see Mick Winks in my in my team sheet, bro, I don't think I would never. I don't think I'll ever support United ever again, bro. I'm never. Oh, that would be the mm, Mick Winks, blood. Nah, man. Did no. you say? Did you did you say a striker? And also, no, um, I don't think he's a striker. You don't think so? No, not now. Okay. Also, if if you if you can't get Sancho, mm-hmm. option, yeah, we're pissed. <laughs> no, nah, Sancho. He can't be the only option, man. There's there's plenty of players that if you can't if realistically because I if you don't have a right winger as well, then surely you need two. Well, we have Ahmad. Okay. Ahmad. Well, Ahmad's not ready to start week in, week out just yet. So who's your left wing? Who's your backup left winger then? So in the left wing, we can play Dan James or we can play Rashford. Right. Or Martial. If Martial's still about when he's not, obviously now he's been injured, but we still got that type of Cavani stays fit. Then we can have Cavani, Greenwoods. Well, if I put in it like as a death chart, right, I would put Rashford, Dan James on the left, Sancho, Green, no, Sancho, Ahmad on the right. And then the strikers would be like Cavani, Greenwood, Martial, and, and those people could rotate because like we we need a right winger desperately because that right winger position will help Aramban Basako with his because Aramban Basako. Bear in mind, as you said, your question to me was who who is the United's right winger? We don't have one, so especially when we look at Aramban Basako going up the pitch, he looks even worse because one, we don't have someone to help him out mm. attacking wise, and he's doing all the work. So I feel like if we get Sancho, that will make Wambasaka look better because we will create more from the right because we're so focused on the left because of Luke Shaw and Rashford that we barely create from the right. So right, like we do need a striker when Cavani goes, but that can be next season. We don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm shocked. shocked. I'm shocked that the fans have said that people that don't watch and listen. There's no. I'm not saying I'm not gonna get onto you that you don't watch United. I don't. I don't watch that much Arsenal. People that don't watch United think we need a striker. We have way more other holes we need to think, fill in desperately before we think. I'm not saying we don't need a striker, 
but we have way more bigger holes we need to fill in before we start thinking about a striker. And a lot of pundits say, oh, United need to go sign Kate Narby, though, man. We need a right wing guy, we need a DM, we need a centre back. Then we can start thinking about a striker. If we don't fill them holes, don't expect United to do anything next season. Those are the holes. Don't you guys need a better number 10? No. Don't you guys need a real number 10? No, we don't, man. Because I'm listen, I listen, bro. I'm not even gonna try to defend this, brother, because I agree with you. And I listen to United fan. I agree with you. I don't like the way he plays, but I can't lie, he's inevitable. Like Thanos, bro, he's inevitable. Do you know what I mean? Like this guy, Johnny is shoot a shoot, bro. Word to your podcast as well. Shoot a shoot. And if you and it, and it, it's a it's a numbers game, bro. Do you know what I mean? If I'm gonna shoot 10 times, yeah, two or three will go in. Do you know what I mean? I might shoot thirty percent, but that's two. That's 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 three goals, bro. Do you know what I mean? And I hate that because he loses the ball constantly, and he's just mm. going oh. But you can't lie. You look at his you you look at his stats, and you're thinking, gosh, he must be doing something, right? This he's got ridiculous numbers this season, so he must be doing something, right? Some people say. Some people are saying that. Um, sorry to cut you, man. Some people are saying that you know. I think at Sporting Lisbon, he played like in like a pivot, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. He played in the pivot in Sporting Lisbon, and, and he does that for he does that for Portugal as well. Because some people are saying that what they should do is let Pogba go further up and maybe play that that ten role, that free role, and then make him drop because he's got. What I'll give him is he's got he's got the work rate. He's got the. He's got the engine to to get about and stuff, but maybe, maybe I don't know if he's got the discipline. But well, no, under Oli, he's got no discipline, so he, ain't, he definitely ain't got the discipline. But but he, he definitely doesn't have the discipline to play in a pivot. But if he plays in a pivot, if he's not in the number ten, Bruno loses the ball constantly, right? I'd rather him lose the ball further up the pitch than in a pivot, because if he lose the pivot, if he lose the ball in the pivot, we're pissed. If he lose the ball further up the pitch, he breaks down the attack and play. If he loses the ball within the midfield pivot in front of the back four, then we're pissed because then they can go score. And I'd rather him lose the ball up the pitch rather than down, do you know what I mean? So that's why I... So you're happy to sacrifice Pogba then? Well, what I want personally, if it was me, I, I wouldn't play a double pivot. I would get that 30 DM that we need and play Pogba and Bruno as a two attacking eights. That's what I would do. So four, three, three. Yeah, four three three, not four. four I feel like four two three one is so outdated. I mean, we need to get rid of that formation. But um, that's why a DM is key. And some Man United fans will agree with me. If we play Pogba and Bruno as two attacking eights, kind of like how City two seasons ago had Silva and De Bruyne as two yeah. attacking eights. If we have that, it could work. I think it could work. I think they, they have the right. DM, yeah. Mm. With a thirty DM, yeah. With a thirty DM, you need Ndidi. Yeah, Ndidi. Yeah, but an Ndidi that can. Play ball as well. Oh, stop it! Stop it! No, man. he can play ball. Say he this: ball. he can play ball, man. He yeah, can play. Not to the elite level that I want, man. Oh, but would you? Well, no, no, that's why you have Pogba and Bruno there. Why am I even helping United? I'm great and Diddy, yeah, but he's not like I. I I want the best of both worlds. I want a destroyer kind of DM, and I want like a, a DM that can dictate tempo. And Diddy cannot dictate tempo. Yeah, but the stats the stats will tell you that his passing accuracy is decent. Like he's, I think yeah, that's, like, well, if you pass sideways, if you pass sideways, yeah. constantly make sure passes. That's you should have a good passing accuracy. Like, look, look, what do they say? What do they say in all sports? 
give the ball to the best player. He's not there to he's not there to to be flashy. He's there to win the ball, give it to Pogba. Win the ball, give it to Bruno. <laughs> I was like, give it to Bruno. Like he, this guy hasn't like, outscored your entire club, man. Don't, I'm not trying to hear that. Listen, listen. This guy, he's a he's a renegade. He's a rogue. I think he's a good player, but like I said, under Oli's management, as Ozzy has described, this guy hasn't got winners' mentality. You can see that Bruno probably has more winners' mentality than than Oli. Bruno is, in fact, Bruno tells Oli what to do, bro. Oh, <laughs> Bruno yeah. what to do. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know why? You know why we got to talk about this? Bruno saved Oli's job. When? Huh? When, when, you, when, 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 he, when he was in, in full Fernandez flow, when he was scoring all your goals, Bruno was Bruno was coming was putting on that S on his chest like Cam Newton and saving you, man. Week in, week out. Well, no, because okay, let's look at the Premier League goals that United scored this season. United are the only team in the Premier League to have three players that have scored more than ten Premier League goals this season. So Bruno hasn't scored all of our goals. He scored crucial goals. Congratulations for scoring. That's that means your clutch. You know what I mean? Congratulations for scoring crucial goals. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. He came up clutch and he told Oli where to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the narrative you guys are driving, man. What narrative? This is Ozzy. Am, am I? Am I? Am I? Am no, I lying? Not true. It's, facts, man. it's I known. Don't, I don't know if Fernandez. Take away, take away the penalties. What does he actually offer to the team? That's how I look at it. For, for a player that's where the team is built around him, he should be the pivotal point where he should at least have a higher percentage level in terms of passing, possession, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, if you put Pogba in that frame, I know a lot of people don't like Pogba, but I rate Pogba from like Juventus days and stuff. Like, if you give him that role where he can play with freedom, for me, he'll be more useful than Fernandez. That's that's how I see it. He'd be a player of the year contender. Yeah, he's so he's so talented. It's a joke. It's a joke. But Fernandez, like, come on, man. Come on, come on, man. Come on, man. This this guy, like, I'm sorry. He should be dictating play. He should. Fernandez should be dictating play. Who has a better? Who? I, I, obviously, we we all know that Fernandez is going for the killer pass, and I understand. Mm. But you saying that indeed he should be dictating play. Bruno doesn't even dictate play. No, of course yeah. not. But that's because Bruno's gung ho constantly. He gets the ball and he just tries to play the Hollywood ball constantly. And if you, and I said he does it if it's a numbers game. If he does it ten times, if he plays a Hollywood ball ten times in his game, and three of them work out and three of them lead to goals, I hate it. I don't like to watch it through ninety minutes because it's jarring. But he gets the goals and he gets the assists. I can't complain. If a guy, if Bruno didn't get goals and assists, then by all means, I will totally agree with you, man, and every single word you're saying. But until he stops doing that, I cannot, I have to put my hands up and say, he's yeah. doing the job. Don't, don't get twisted, bro. This guy, he, he bums it out in 90 minutes constantly. Bruno has had many, and I, I'm in United fan, I'm keeping it real. Bruno has had many bunny get, bummy games and then I feel like, how's it? Like, cool. Prime example. The game we beat AS Roma 6-2. He got two goals and two assists. How? How? Was he that bad? He, was, he, he, he didn't play that well. Okay, the first goal was good. The first goal, the little chip was good. And then he scored a penalty. And then he got two assists. But throughout the 90 minutes, like, he wasn't the best player on the pitch. 
but he got two goals and two assists, just like that. Pogba played better than him. Cavani played better than him. But somehow he got two goals and two assists. Don't know how he does it. Yeah, well, this, this, this is the problem with the modern game. It's, mm. it's, it's the stats. I'm sorry that the stats merchants are out, and it's just it, it kills me, man. Like, no, people, listen, I understand stats merchants, but what we got to realize is that you don't get stats out of nothing. Of course, but then uh, like people, people will use stats and tell me that Harry Maguire is a great centre back. No. He's not. No, he's not. He's not. Like he's he's good. Like he's a nice guy. I've met him. Like a nice guy. Like, but he's not. He's not a great. He's not a great centre back. Like he, he's a he's a good centre back. I reckon he could be better if he was a bit more mobile. He'll look better next to a, a competent centre back. Exactly. But you know, people. My boy. My boy. Um, one of my fellow shooters, Mike, constantly debating him about. Maguire and he's always telling me, oh, he's 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 great, he's great. He look at the stats, he's um he progresses the ball and all this and all that. He's a ball playing centre back. Maguire's no ball playing centre back, not a um, real one. I wouldn't he's- class him as a ball playing centre back. I agree with you, but I agree with what you um uh, what Mike's saying because he's got the most passes at United. There are yeah. constant times, especially when we're a goal down, he progresses the ball. And we saw this in the World Cup. This is why we signed him. We saw this in the World Cup in, 20, in 2018, where he was playing that back three. He was the one progressing with the ball, bringing it up from bringing it up from the defensive midfield. Doesn't mean I'm going to call him a ball-playing centre-back, because I don't call him a ball-playing centre-back. But I, I get where Mike's coming from. And you've seen it. In the, if you watch United for 90 minutes, you'll see Maguire has the most touches. When he's on the pitch, has the most yeah, touches. Yeah, yeah. On the ball, constantly passing it the most. So I do get it. I do get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. Like, he, he, like he, he does. He doesn't look the most graceful on the ball. He's he's decent on the ball. I'm not going to say he's not good on the ball. He's decent and he plays decent passes. But it's like what I don't. I don't normally quote this guy. And more time, I think he talks rubbish. But it's like what Paul Merson said. Isn't it? If you have to play in a free, yeah. then unless unless your name's Chiellini, Balzali, and Bonucci, if you're playing in a free and you're playing centre back, then mm, 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 it's huh? true. No, I agree. But that's why I was. That's why I said we we, we get that DM right winger centre back. We should be calm. But um, guys, I'm gonna wrap it up there. But first things first, we I'm gonna let you guys plug your podcast. So Ozzy, by all means, feel free. Yeah, sure. So you can follow me on Instagram uh, on our Football Talk podcast at Football Talk podcast uh, Twitter, um, or you can f- personally follow me at Ozzy.ftp on twitter and instagram i'm actually doing a live episode after this uh, for the euros so if you want to tune in and talk about the euros um follow us on youtube and then yeah send your comments in live and direct so yeah that's me cool um you guys obviously my my podcast is, isn't exactly football related it's it's more just life and vibes i mean it, it did start off as a basketball podcast but it it, it, it kind of grew on when we went on to random rants so it's shoot a shoot podcast um you can follow me on twitter at um jj son that's j-a-y-j-s-o-n um podcast is shoot a shoot p on instagram uh we we do you know weekly episodes we're on youtube as well um shoot a shoot podcast and yeah man you guys can subscribe you know all that good stuff check us out we're quite wild we're not for the faint-hearted so <laughs> yeah <laughs> The faint-hearted man, it's uh, it's it real on that podcast, but um, yeah, man. Pop, pop, pop. 
Guys, thank you so much for joining us. This has been another episode of the Undiluted Football Show. Like, share, subscribe, share with your friends. It's been a long episode, but it's been a good one, man. We, we, we've got onto a lot, gone to a lot of teams. I've learned a lot about Arsenal and Liverpool. So we'll, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what the next season holds and what the Euro holds. But thank, thanks, guys, for watching. Until next time, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.